If there's one thing that I would challenge you to do this year with the time that is left in 2021, it is to record an EP. That might require some writing if you haven't written four or five, six songs yet, or it might not. But regardless, this is a great goal to set for yourself. And in this episode, we're going to talk about three reasons why you should. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Vidalov. Today, we are talking about three reasons you, yes, you, listener, watcher, need to record an EP this year. If you're asking what an EP is, an EP is generally a a collection of songs That is about four to six songs. Technically, you could have an EP that's like eight songs or whatever. But what we're specifically talking about is four to six songs being the sweet spot. Technically, if you care, I believe what it stands for is extended play, which harkens back to the um, like actual record days. Cause I think it was sort of an, an answer to like, okay, at first they had discs that could handle singles. Right. And then the B B side or whatever B track. Um, and then at some point you had an extended play that had room to play more than one or two songs or three songs. Cause a lot of times there were like two B sides or something like that. But anyway, that's what an EP is. Of course, these days we don't give a rip about the whole, um, you know, how much room do we have, right? Uh, your your phone has enough room for like 20,000 songs. So not too concerned about that part. But um, let's talk about why we should record an EP. Before doing that, though, if you're wondering like, oh my gosh, you just challenged me to basically write five songs this year because I haven't actually written a song yet or I haven't finished a song yet, which we're going to do an episode very soon, maybe even next week, about how to finish a song because that's something I realize is a big struggle for a lot of people. Um, and For some reason, I, I just put together that I had heard that uh, from just different sources. Like, you know, I can start songs, I can't finish them. And that totally makes sense to me. I even remember that. Uh, I, st- I still struggle with that for sure. Um, less so on the musical side, more so on the lyrical side, but, uh, that's something I think we need to talk to talk about. So that will be upcoming as well. Be sure to stay tuned for that. But if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to write 10 songs. I need some different ways to start writing a song because I haven't actually started writing a song or I've written like two songs and I need three more and I need a new way to start a song. Cause I'm already like, feel like I've worn out my one way to start writing a song. I have a free guide for you for listening songwritertheory.com slash free guide is where it is. Link will be in the description on YouTube, but I give 10 different ways to start writing a song, five from a lyrical standpoint and five from a musical standpoint. Last week we talked about hooks, which is one of the 10 ways that I talk about because a hook is a great place to start writing a song. Starting with writing a catchy hook is a great way to start, but I have 10 total ways in there. Be sure to check it out at songwritertheory.com slash free guide link in the description on YouTube. Let's talk about EPs. Reason number one, (coughs) excuse me. It's just large enough to be a collection, but not too big so that it becomes sort of overwhelming or so that you set yourself up to fail. So here's the thing. A full length album is awesome. It feels like a great accomplishment. In the pantheon of things that I've done that I feel are really cool things, right? Like 
if you were to ask me for like fun facts about myself or fun, cool accomplishments about myself, some of the things higher on that list are that I ran a half marathon because that's something that like, you know, isn't incredible. I think most people, should they commit themselves to train, could do that. But a lot of people don't, right? Um, I don't know the numbers on this, but I'm pretty sure more people get college degrees than do, um, you know, do half marathons, right? So, so to me, it's a bigger accomplishment than a half marathon for whatever reason. So, so that to me is like, a, like one of those just kind of cool things. I'm like, I'm glad I did that. That was cool. And the other one is that in college, during college, me and my bandmates, my friends, um, recorded a full length album, which was a ton of work um, for all of us, uh, especially my one friend who is the guitarist and did bass and stuff. He did so much great work um, and spent a lot of time on it. Um, but anyway, so that's actually the first thing I did besides like the single that I made in like ninth grade that only three people on planet Earth have heard, uh, which I believe is me, my mom and my dad. End of list. Um, maybe a fourth person, but um, I think it's just those three. Besides that, this was like my first thing I did. The first thing I tackled was a full length album that had 11 songs, I think. Um, at least 10. I should definitely know this, but I think it was 11. So I know how big and massive of an endeavor it is. There's something about 10, 10 songs, because usually you need at least 10, right, for a full length album. It is just brutal. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's it's going to take you the amount of time to do an album that it would take you to write a novel. Right? It's, I would say those things are about comparable. I honestly think you could probably do a um, novel in less time. And a novel is a gargantuan thing to accomplish, right? Most people will never in their lives write a novel, right? It It takes a lot of time and dedication. So does an album. And I get that you're thinking, Joseph, I'm listening to a podcast or watching a video podcast talking about songwriting, right? I'm committed to this thing. I love this thing. And I hear you, right? I love it too. That's why I did a whole album and why I songwrite for fun. And it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's how I blow off steam and it's how I deal with, you know, issues. Um, you know, it's how I process things. So while that's true, Writing a whole album can be really draining and it's extra draining if it's the first thing you do and over the two years it might take you to do it or a full year. You know, it's going to depend on how picky about lyrics you are, how many tracks you layer in, how many mistakes you make, you know, because first time doing stuff, it usually takes longer. But if at the end of the road, it doesn't have the results you were expecting or, you know, people don't like some of what you did or people end up having a sort of unenthused reaction, which by the way, is something you should expect. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, I think probably well over a year ago now, but like something that you need to not expect, right? People who like you are not going to be the same people necessarily that like your art, right? I have plenty of friends who I'm sure I don't talk to them about it, but I know they don't give a rip about you know, they will never watch or listen to this podcast. I could call them out by name and call them names and they will never know because they're not going to listen. And for the record, I don't expect them to, right? Because they're not interested in songwriting. So why would they listen to this? It's kind of like I had a coworker who was very kind to shout this podcast out at work in the chat or whatever. 
And that's awesome, right? But I don't really expect anybody to listen to it, right? This is specific. This is for a specific audience. This is for people interested in songwriting. If you're not, why are you here, right? There's no reason to be here. So in a similar way, people, you know, just because they like me doesn't mean my style of music is something they like, right? And so that's something you should expect. So just, I had a whole episode about that. Go check it out if you need encouragement in that area or if you've had people not respond to your music as positively as you'd like or not seem to care as much as you think they should because you're like, wow, I did a cool thing and it feels like everybody's like, oh yeah, that's cool, man. Um, Go check that out. Um, Hopefully it will encourage you. It doesn't mean you suck by any means. But anyway, you want to avoid putting yourself in a position to be extra disheartened because you spent, you know, a whopping two years on this gargantuan project. And it's the first time you've released any music to the world. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Hey, did you hear about the game tomorrow? Right? Like, that is so deflating. It's so deflating. Don't set yourself up for that. And one of the ways you cannot set yourself up for that is not bite off a full-length album right away. Another thing is you want the food ba- feedback loop to be tight, right? There's nothing worse, say, at a job than, and I've had this before, right, where I, I have asked a, a coworker, boss sort of person for feedback, and they, like, refuse to give me feedback, right? Which, by the way, is ridiculous, right? Do you want me to be a better worker for you? Then you need to give me feedback, right? Uh, previous employer, for the record, so current employer did not do this, which I say to cover my butt just in case, <laughs> but seriously, previous employer. But, um, so it, it, like eight, nine months later on the review, which determines how big of a raise I get, that's when I got feedback from eight months earlier that I asked for repeatedly. And it was given to me then. It's like, you know, it would have been nice to know this when I was in meetings, talking to the client being around people for the last eight months, right? It's like, it's like if somebody tells you a year later, this isn't what it was, but just for the, you know, if somebody tells you a year later, oh yeah, you're a total, like the, the jokes you make, uh, to people, like they don't think they're funny. They get really upset by them. They think that you're, they don't, they don't understand you're being sarcastic and you're joking. They think you're actually criticizing them. For example, if you find that a year later, that's, mortifying, right? And that's not very helpful at that point. Better late than never. But like, why didn't you tell me a year ago, right? If, if I said something to, to find, just let me know, right? Like, just, just let me know. Help me be better. So in a similar way, you like, you want a tighter feedback loop on your songs. Don't, you don't want to have all this build up over two years to then be kind of deflated by like, now you hear the feedback about stuff you did and you invested all this time and 10 songs, 11 songs, and you're out, now you're deflated. If you do a four-song EP and then people have some feedback that, that matters, right? So to be clear, that there's many studies on this. There's a whole books on this, I think, by uh, uh, what is his name? The guy who did like Blink and stuff. What is his name? I don't remember his name. My bad. But um, anyway... There's studies out there, right, that, like, there's a reason why artists want other artists to like them more than they actually want other people to like them, right? It's because they kind of know, right? You've probably heard people who you know who aren't musicians, 
don't know crap about music, wouldn't know what a C chord was if it smacked him in the face. And they tell you stuff like, oh, what a great song this is. It's like, how would you know? <laughs> like, based on what measure? Like, your barometer for good song is whether the beat is dunch enough for you, right? Like, can you dance to it? Oh, you like it. Therefore, you think it's a great song. Like, sorry, but, like, you're not exactly a person who I want critiquing my songs. Like, you don't have the qualifications. Which is not to say that you shouldn't listen to people that aren't... So but, but... You have to measure people's, right? If That one friend that only likes heavy metal music, if you show them your country song and they don't like it, you should have expected that. You can't take it to heart. Your song might be brilliant and great, but you already know that they just like that genre, so of course they're not going to like it. That's what I'm saying. So don't, don't. You got to gauge people's feedback based on who they are, right? In theory, hopefully, you know, if you send me something and I give you feedback, that in theory weighs more to you since I talk about songwriting. You know that I do songwriting. That should weigh more to you than your one friend who thinks the greatest song ever written is WAP. Okay? That's all I'm saying. So another factor here is your favorite artist probably at best, puts out an album about every two years. And their album is about ten songs. If you did a five-song EP this year, and you averaged a five-song EP every year, you would be releasing new music at more or less the same rate as your favorite artist. And, and this is, like, what they do. Right? So if you're 25, and you do a five-song EP every year, which for, the, for now, we're just one year, right? This year, we're committing to a four-, five-, six-song EP. That's what I want you to do. But in the situation where you're, say, 25 years old and you do it this year and then you're like, wow, that was really re rewarding, right? I have an EP. It's done. Like, here's five songs that are out in the world that I finished are done. I even got a copyright on them and I have the cool picture of it and you know i have i have my album one framed over there right like it's a, it's a cool thing to to do is it feels good so you do that and then you do it the next five years you have 25 songs out in the world 25 songs some of your favorite artists might not have even gotten that right they had their first album which you loved their sophomore album which you love but flopped commercially and then the band broke up right you probably have at least one band you really love that fits that category you have more songs out than they do Five years. That's awesome. So, second big reason. An EP is a perfect balance to leave room for experimentation while also actively developing a sound. So, a single song tells you kind of nothing, right? It's kind of like if you just look at a single movie by a director or a single book by an author... That doesn't necessarily tell you anything about the author or the director themselves, right? You can find a one-off from anybody that's different than anything else, right? I've had podcasts where I go off and talk about, like, I think one I talked about recording equipment. You know, what? some I've talked about, like, for example, you know, three discouraged, I think the, the title was more or less three discouragements that you're going to face as a songwriter and how to deal with them. 
right? Which is talking about three of the things that really hit me hard as a songwriter that I hope will hit you less hard because I talked to you about it and told you to expect it, which is, I think the podcast, um, where I talked about the, you know, the kind of mini devastation I got over the album, just cause you know, again, your friends and people who actually like your music are often not the same people. And you know, you care about the wrong people liking your music sometimes and all that kind of stuff. Um, that and you build up your expectations too much, but, um, You know, you could watch Dunkirk by Christopher Nolan and be like, oh, this guy makes war movies. Nope. It's not what Christopher Nolan is. I could see why you would think that because you watched his one war movie, right? But that only tells you so much. Or you could watch the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy and think, oh, this is a comic book movie guy. Nope. It's not. Right. That's, that's not the M.O., if you will. It's not the, 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 the true Nolan stuff, right? Now, there are things within those movies that is true Nolan. But, you know, that one movie isn't going to isn't going to tell you everything. Or even those three movies aren't going to tell you everything about the artist. So, how do you develop how do you start to develop as an artist sort of a sound in the case of songwriting or you know, uh, sort of a style, get get a vibe for a director's style, right? It's probably after, you know, a second movie, you're like, okay, I see some of the connections between the first movie and second movie, right? Some of the camera work's similar, uses the same color schemes, right? Kind of likes bluish tint or whatever. Uh, I get a sense of what soundtrack type sound they like. In the case of Nolan, right? Hans Zimmer. Um, for every movie except one or two, I think Memento didn't either because it was so early, it was before... He would have been able to get Zimmer, if I remember correctly. So maybe three, maybe Insomnia too. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but like by three or four, you're really starting to hear, okay, there, here are some recurring things. I'm starting to find the, the, the commonalities between all the stuff this artist does, which is what makes the artist the artist, right? Some of those commonalities that are similar throughout, right? So like Nolan always, pretty much always plays with sort of the concept of time, and, um, you know, often tell stories in a nonlinear way. And there's usually some like science fiction shtick sort of to it. Um, you know, like in Tenet or in, uh, Inception, right? Dreams within dreams. An EP allows you to somewhat start discovering your sound, right? One song isn't your sound, right? There are plenty of one-off songs you could find of mine that do not represent who I am as a songwriter overall. Right. One I did as an experiment where I basically took a ceiling fan, pitch shifted it down, slowed it down to kind of create this ethereal sounding song where I used a vocoder and stuff for a special effect. Vocoder is not my sound. That's not something I would normally touch with a 10 foot pole. But I really enjoyed Coldplay's. Um, I forget the name of the song, but Coldplay had this one song that had like a vocoder or whatever and I, and it was really chill and it was very just sort of, uh, had, had this sort of like drone throughout. Right. And it's, it, it was very vocal heavy. And I'm like, that was cool. I want to do something like that. So I did. I have one song that was literally like, I, Oh my goodness. I finally wrote a catchy piano riff. Cause I usually write memorable stuff. I think, um, you know, like a, a piano riff that's like, Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. And melodies that are like, Oh, okay. But like, catchy specifically is not my thing. Most of my songs make you want to remember the melody and feel the emotion. They're not so much going for like tapping your foot to a catchy bass line. That's not normally my style. 
But I wrote a song that was pretty catchy based off of a catchy riff. So I wrote that thing, right? And it was fun. It was fun to change it up. An EP, though, over five songs, gives you a chance to have a bit of all of it, right? You can experiment with maybe you are a catchy music person, right? You love your catchy riffs. You love some some four to the floor drums that are just like driving and people are tapping their foot and it's great. Maybe that's your, your sound. So if you have a five song EP that allows you to really cultivate that sound, work on that sound, experiment with different ways of doing that sound, get that catchy sound and, you know, work out, you know, sort of your guitar style or your piano style or whatever it is. And then you still have two songs left or one song left if you're doing only four songs where you get to kind of experiment, do something a little different. Right? You get to change it up. You get to start creating a sound while at the same time, which sort of identifies you, right? So your sound sort of is, is the core you. Like when you see people hear a song and they say, oh, that's by so-and-so, that's how you know there's a sound that you have, right? Which is a good thing. But you also get to experiment. Do something a little different. Get outside the box. And it, practically speaking, too, it... It gives you room to have a couple songs maybe you're not in love with. When you release a single, right, there's sort of this implication, this is a great song, go listen to this song. If you put out a disappointing single, it's probably going to dissuade a little more people than will be dissuaded by, like, I listened to a five-song EP and two songs didn't really do it for me. Three of them did, though, right? Like, that's not a bad rate, honestly. <laughs> I, I wish av that artists averaged their albums or EPs being more than 50% good. That would be great. So, perfect balance between leaving room for experimentation but also developing a sound. And then the third reason is you get to avoid the fluff and the filler of an album. Look, here's the reality. How many albums have you listened to where you really think it's really good back to front? Front to back, whatever. Probably very few, right? My favorite artist of all time, Vertical Horizon, is about the only artist that, in my opinion, consistently does it. In fact, my two other of my top three artists, so my personal, excuse me, my personal favorite three artists are Vertical Horizon, Breaking Benjamin, and Poets of the Fall. And in my opinion... Vertical Horizon consistently puts out albums where maybe I skip one or two songs, maybe, but really I genuinely love basically everything Matt Scannell has ever written. Love it. Love of love. That's the exception, though. Even my other two favorite artists, Breaking Benjamin has two or three albums where I do like pretty much every song. And then the earlier albums, I only like some of the songs. Um, but on average, they probably... I like over 50% of the songs on an album. Poets of the Fall, probably my third favorite artist, maybe second. Um, honestly, on average, I probably really like about half the songs on the albums, give or take. And those are my three favorite artists, right? Like, So you're probably in a similar boat. So cut out the fluff... And just give me the five best songs, right? If you have ten songs written, maybe don't take the time to record all ten songs. If five of them are meh, don't waste your time. Just give me the five good stuff, right? Like, for Star Wars, I'd kill to just have the six good movies. And by six good movies, I should 
say, the six movies that are good Star Wars movies. Because, yes, episode one and two have rough elements to them, but they're still very Star Wars-y. Uh, I would prefer seven, eight, nine. Just get erased. That'd be great. I would be a big fan, <laughs> huge fan. Um, that would actually be the single greatest thing to happen to me this year, <laughs> probably. Um, I wish I was totally kidding. I'm only like mostly kidding. Um, but at least Rogue One was really good, and Solo was actually pretty good too. Um, anyway, so <sighs> just give the good stuff. Get rid of the fluff. Give me four really good songs. Five really good songs. Maybe six. Those four songs you don't feel great about, don't even waste your time recording them and editing them and going through that whole process. Don't bother. Right? Because it's very possible, and I've had this, where, like, the rate at which you write songs that are pretty good will be as such that there's never a point where, say, your 10th best currently written but not recorded song will never be in your top five current songs to record, right? So if every year you do a five-song EP, that's your five best songs, which I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to just do your five best songs, right? Probably tie them together with a theme or something like that. But, you know, let's just say five best songs, theme, screw the theme, doesn't matter, whatever. In that case, let's say you write 10 songs per year. Actually, let's just say you write seven songs per year. Your first year, your two worst songs you wrote that year aren't getting recorded. Then you write seven new songs. Chances are that five of the seven new songs you've written will, will be better than the two songs you already wrote, right? So let's say you have two songs, right? So after your first year, you've written seven, you've recorded five. You have two songs left that weren't good enough to record. Because you just did an EP because you listened to me and you didn't force three more songs that are also not very good. Then you wrote seven more songs. You're a better songwriter this year because it's year two. And let's say that the two songs from the previous year, if you slotted them in with the seven from this year, would be the sixth or no, the seventh and ninth best songs. Right. So one of the songs you wrote this year was worse than the better one of the two you didn't like last year. Soon, right, you're going to always have two songs added to the list of songs not good enough to make the cut. And assuming your songwriting doesn't go downhill, soon you might find yourself actually actively ashamed of some of the songs that you decided begrudgingly to not record for the first album, right? That's just the reality. Some songs are going to go by the wayside. That's okay. That might even be a good thing. <laughs> like, believe me, I have currently you cannot find anywhere, I don't think, the entirety of that first album I recorded. And the reason for that is <laughs> some of the songs I did things in that I just cringe at now, or some of the songs just aren't even close to my current standard, that re-releasing them now feels almost embarrassing. Like, hey, 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 guys, I wrote this when I was in high school. Don't judge me, right? But But I can't put that in the title, right? I wrote this in high school. Don't judge me too harshly. Here's a corny love song. Here's its name, right? Like, I can't do that. Um, so it makes me hesitant about it. Now, there's four or five songs on that album I'm still very proud of, which is interesting. Four or five I'm very proud of, right? 
Uh, and then there's a couple other that I still get a kick out of and they have and they have their their bright spots and some parts that are like, ah, I'd rework that. But it's still a solid overall song. And then there's like three or four that like if they never saw the light of the day of day wouldn't have been the end of the world. Maybe a couple even that I wish never saw the light of day. Um, so I, I wish I did an EP, right? Because, um, you know, just just put out the good stuff. Don't waste your time on the stuff that's just OK. Bonus tip. Well, actually, first, in case it's not clear, look, if you can take five songs that are all pretty good and sort of have a theme that tie them together or fit well together, like musically, sound wise, maybe they're all in the same key or their keys sort of flow into each other, you know, whatever. If they sound good together, do those. But if if you don't, you just have a pool of songs and you're like, I don't know where to start. Pick what you think are the five best and just go with that. Be done. Okay. Bonus tip, you need to actually set goals to accomplish things. So I'm not delusional, right? I know that there are a bunch of you that listen to this podcast every week, which is awesome. Thank you for that, by the way, or watch these videos. And you actually put to practice what I talk about. You know, some things you might ignore, which is fine, right? It, you know, if there are some tips of mine that don't help you, don't use them, right? Not everything I say is going to help you. Right. Even for those of you that most track with what I say, there's going to be something that I say that is not specifically helpful to you. That's just going to happen. Right. That's true of anything. So some of you go home and you write songs and some of you have even sent me songs you've wrote, which is awesome. I love that. Uh, so thank you for all of you who have done that. Um, it just it, it keeps me motivated. Right. It makes me excited to talk to you because I, I can tangibly see like, hey, this person got to write this awesome song that they're proud of and they get to show their friends and family. And, you know, maybe they put it on the Internet and more people get to listen to it. And I got to be just a, a part of that journey. Right. Obviously, you guys did all the heavy lifting, the real work, but it's still something really cool for me. So. um, A lot of you, though. I don't delude myself. I know how this works. Some of you have been listening for a while and you've kind of started writing a song or two ish and it's been a year and you're realizing, oh man, I've listened to the last 52 podcast episodes, which means it's been a year and I've completed zero songs. There are some of you out there like that. I know that and I'm not coming down on you. I get it. Okay. I went through a phase where I get discouraged after the album, that first album, um, and other things in my life where I probably did had a two-year drought where I basically didn't songwrite for like two years. And as soon as I went back to it, I regretted stopping, right? Because I forgot how important it was to me and how much I loved it. Um, and I had gotten over some of the things that made me discouraged towards it. And I don't want you to hit that stage. I don't want to be somebody who just listens to a podcast every week to then not put it to use, right? Like, you know, at some point, if you're really not going to songwrite, um, you know, don't like find something else, right? Don't listen to this podcast. If 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 it's not going to get, if you're not going to go utilize this, don't waste your time listening to this, right? Instead, go listen to a financial podcast. Get your finances in order. You know, go go listen to, uh, you know. I don't know, something that's just for entertainment, right? Joe Rogan or, you know, whatever you find entertaining. Your favorite sports team podcast, whatever it is. Um, 
But for the rest of you that want to be serious about this, and for the record, this is including those of you that are thinking, dang, right now, he's talking about me, right? I'm not coming down on you. We've all, again, we've all, I, I've done this, okay? I've done this. And I've listened to podcasts about other things where I didn't, like, I listened to a, a, uh, Brandon, Brandon Sanderson's like writing, like novel writing podcast for probably like a year. I ripped through a ton of episodes. I didn't start writing a book. I, I still plan on doing it someday. I want to write novels. I have them partially written in my head, but I haven't actually started writing them yet. So at some point I just sort of stopped listening to podcasts and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll come back to this when I'm ready to write a book. Right now I'm still just full songwriter mode and I don't have enough time to do this and songwrite, and my day job, and, you know, there's only time for a certain amount of things. Anyway, set a goal. Setting a goal and holding yourself accountable to writing or recording an EP this year helps force you to do what you want to do. Right? You want to songwrite. That's why you're here. So force yourself to do it. Force your hand. Right. It's kind of like, yeah, you can eat healthy, but you know what makes eating healthy easier? Tracking your calories, because then when like an idiot, you decide to eat leftovers at 10 o'clock at night instead of letting them be there until lunch the next day because reasons. You're more hesitant to do that because, you know, I have to log that there's an accountability so just do this as a way to hold yourself accountable, to force yourself to write just four songs, right? Let's say you're aiming for a five-song EP. If you just get four, awesome. That might be four more than you would have done if you didn't sign up to do an EP, right? Maybe you only do two. If you if you were trending towards zero, two's pretty freaking good, right? So hopefully this, this encourages you to choose to record an EP this year. Aim for at least four songs. Five, optimally. If you're an overachiever, go ahead and go for six. You can do it. I know you can. I believe in you. Hopefully there are other people around you that you know that also believe in you. But really, you can do this. Five songs. Or let's take four songs. That's one song every three months on average. right? You should be writing all four at the same time. I've talked about don't work on one song. You know, start to finish and then go to the next song. Don't do that. Work on many songs at once. Like I'm working on like six, seven songs at once right now. Um, so do it that way. But commit to doing this. And it doesn't have to be by the end of the, the calendar year. I almost said fiscal year. <laughs> the, the end of the calendar year. It can be a year from now, right? So you get the full 12 months. You can do it. Thank you as always for listening. If you found this helpful and you're on YouTube, be sure to drop a like. And I will talk to you next week.